that is the key to finding happiness and to finding a purpose and being fulfilled is finding your own way and, and seeing what actually makes you tick, what makes you happy and not just saying, oh, daddy told me to do this. The teacher told me to do that. CNN said that I'm a stupid person that needs to give all my money uh, to black people in America through reparations. Okay. Are these points making sense, listener? I hope they are. This is raw. This is real shit that these conversations are not really had much anymore. Big sight. <laughs> New. Hank. Coco. Big sight. Yeah. Y'all know how this shit go. You know. All eyes on me. <laughs> Roll up in the club. Yeah, right. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. You know what? I bet you got it twisted, you don't know who to trust So many player hating niggas trying to sound like us Say they ready for the fuck, but I don't think they know The 4 hour work week book, the idea of like I don't have to get all the same credentials as everyone else. I don't have to follow the same path because I know if I follow this path, I'm going to be struggling for adequacy. Yeah, I remember that. Like that was going through my head all the time, struggling for adequacy, just striving all the time just to be okay. Nothing exceptional, just the same as everyone else. Packing hundreds in my drawers, fuck the law. Bitches, I fuck with a passion. I'm living rough and raw. Catch a case and settle. Back in bold. A beautiful day. Actually, not really. It's a little cloudy in Barra da Lago? Lagoa? Yeah, Barra da Lagoa. Barra da Lagoa. It's my new home. Cute little fisherman village in uh, Florianapolis. I love it. My room is very bohemian, hippie, got an amazing view. And today I'm with uh, Mr. James Skull. Dude, uh, hit me up on uh, Instagram. He heard an episode on uh, Spotify about a gringo in Florianapolis. And he is also a gringo in Florianapolis from New Zealand. Dude's got a wicked story. He's 23. He's freaking married now in Brazil. Uh, programmer, nerdy type dude. Got into crypto early. He's currently with easycrypto.com. He's opening up the Brazilian market. Guy's a character. After he hit me up, we, uh, we met for... Uh, some Middle Eastern food, had a great conversation, talked about a lot of shit. I like his story a lot. He's got a lot to offer. It's going to be fun. James, how was life in, uh, in Brazil? Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, uh, I like life in Brazil. It's, uh, it's a really cool country. Um, definitely the best one that I've, I've been to for me. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier to live here. All right, so what's cool about you is um, you were kind of, uh, say, a dork, a nerd uh, growing up in, in New Zealand. You dug yourself into the Internet and programming. You weren't good at school. Um, I think you found yourself in Copenhagen when you were 17. Basically, been traveling since. You've been a serial entrepreneur. Um, let's talk about this, uh, the, the growing up uh, kind of an outcast and finding escapism through the Internet, through entrepreneurship. Let's get into it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, so um, I wasn't good at school. Uh, I wasn't good at sports either. So I didn't really have a ton of friends growing up. And I always had this kind of sense that, uh, you know, I, uh, I wasn't enough, that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't good at anything. Um, but programming for me, it, it really seemed to be uh, something that was accessible, that I could learn on my own terms, that I could do myself. Um, and my interest in programming grew really alongside my interest in business because I also picked up a book uh, when I was, I think, 12 or 13, the four-hour work week. I actually have the Portuguese edition with me uh, today. 
Um, and that really, it, it changed my whole mindset. I started realizing that uh, the, the world was a lot different than it was 10 or 20 years ago. A lot of the, the current um, systems that we have are, are not made to adapt to the internet and what's coming out. And I really got interested in how I could start learning stuff that, that could uh, give me the life I, I wanted in the future. Um, I definitely, I definitely wanted friends as a kid, but I, I was just didn't have much social skills. And uh, I think it's just something that, like, it's a bit of a feedback cycle. When you start playing with your friends when you're young, you that that kind of feeds into each other. You get more confident. And if if it goes the other way around, if you if you don't if you don't if you're not if you're reading instead of playing as a kid, if you're if you're playing computer games or something like that, if you don't hang out, if you don't if you don't learn those things then you kind of get worse self-esteem, you get worse with people and then it, it feeds onto itself. Um, yeah, I found myself, uh, hanging out a lot on, on 4chan and, and Reddit as a, as a young guy. Um, and that's also how I found Bitcoin in 2013. I think I was, uh, yeah. Um, I would have been yeah, 14, 15 at, at the time. Um, and yeah, that's finding Bitcoin is what really sparked my interest in programming and business because suddenly there was this type of internet money that I could use. I didn't have to use my, my parents' credit card. I didn't have to get permission from them to buy anything online. I could start trading with people online for computer games. I could start buying service space online that I could, I could run my programs on. Uh, I started getting interested in e-commerce, uh, all these other types of things, and it, and it all grew from there. I started getting more confident in, in my skills as a programmer and, and uh, as a as a as a entrepreneur, I guess, and that really grew my confidence because finally I had something that I could actually see myself being good More at. Like a somebody on the internet. Yeah, I was a somebody, right? Yeah. So, exactly that. Yeah, it's fascinating. When we were talking, um, when we first met about the four-hour work week, and I told you I had read it too when I was about seventeen or eighteen, and. Uh, I thought it was really cool and really neat because uh, I always wanted to be like the big CEO, the big stud, um, make a lot of money. But this book kind of flipped everything on its head, saying like, uh, you know, you can uh, outsource and do all these different things. But I never envisioned myself being this traveler and, and living a, a certain life. But it's crazy. You told me that he talks about Florianapolis in the book. And I thought like, oh, shit, maybe that subconsciously directed me to come in here on uh, this island you know, so far ago, and you were just talking about your childhood and the feedback loops and how, how important that is, like development as a person at, at that age. So I thought that was pretty uh, uh, fascinating. I want to say something. You told me a motorcycle thing happened to your friend when you were 15 that really kind of shaped your, your entrepreneurship uh, uh, route. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so, yeah, I was doing this um, kind of national enterprise program in New Zealand called the Young Enterprise Scheme. And that's how I met uh, my friend Josh. And he was also, um, it, it was basically his thing for like kids in, in high school to create their own businesses, make a real, uh, you know, profit or loss. And yeah, ex experience a taste of what real business is like instead of just sitting in a class and learning about, uh, <laughs> yeah, learning about economics or, or business. It's much better to do it in practice, right? Um, Doing SWOT analysis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, Josh, um, he was a real inspiration to me because uh, 
I, he just really had his uh, had his shit together. He was he was confident. He was he was very smart, quick learner, right into his sports, into his rugby, very popular sport in New Zealand. And um, man, I I really looked up to Josh, and I I really enjoyed talking to him. He was probably a, a mix between like a, a role model and a, and a close close friend to me. Um, and I remember talking to him uh, the the night before it happens. Um, he had just gone on a motorcycle and he was talking to me about you know uh how like he was keen to go motorcycling uh and like in different countries one day in mexico and china and uh yeah i i thought it was really cool and i remember having the sense of like man like i wish i could dream that big the very next day he uh he got into a, a motorcycle accident uh on his way to work um after his school job and uh, his his after school job and yeah, it was really uh, it's fucked up. I didn't I didn't I really think I accepted the, the 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 grief, the pain at the time. It took me a while to process it. Um, probably still affects me quite a bit today. But what that really gave me was a sense of like urgency. That like, oh shit, like uh, I can't just I can't just coast the rest of my life. I can't just live life for others. I have to take my own risks. There, there is no guarantee that I'm going to make it to 25 to 30 to, to whatever else. And, um, you know, I can't, I, and, and also I, I, I kind of felt a, a duty that like, uh, there's, there's other people who want to do things with their life at the time. Right. I, I don't, I wasn't really dreaming that big. There's other, there's other people who want to do things with their life and they don't have the chance. Uh, and so, in a way, I I have to take that chance for them. Yeah, that's amazing how much of a, a impact death can have, and how big of a motivator it is. But it's trippy. You were saying that he wanted to take the the motorcycle to Mexico and different places, and all of a sudden, it's almost like you are living his dream. You started traveling a lot and being the entrepreneur, and and now you're in Brazil. You've been a lot of different places. You said uh, Bulgaria shaped you a lot too. What happened there? Yeah, it certainly did. Um, yeah, this was during the, my first year properly away from New Zealand uh, in Denmark. My my host family uh, had some connections to Bulgaria. They they had an apartment there. They took me there for can't remember how long it was. I think it was like two weeks or something. It was incredible. I I remember the first time I reply I arrived in the airport and just realizing like oh shit this like uh, this is what a developing country's like. But it wasn't like you know dangerous and everyone's in like poverty and you know sad all the time no it was like this this felt like a place of opportunity as well i remember being at like the customs office and they were barely checking the passwords they were you know they were they were they were just kind of rubber stamping everything and i and i realized like oh wow you know this is this is this is a bit like uh you know fast and loose but then i remember being in the in the airport bus and you know this wasn't like any fancy airport bus but just seeing the people around me realizing like wow they 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 are all people like me and they also you know there's there was just something about the untapped potential that i saw everywhere that really made me realize like damn i i actually really like the energy of being in a country that's that's on the move that's up that's developing um i i like the term ascending world although i think it's a little bit a little bit trite yeah i remember being in sofia the capital of bulgaria and it was like, okay, yeah, like, it still functions as a society. There's still things to do, um, excitement. But like you said, 
it is it is like there is a feeling in the air that you can do something here you can bring what you've learned from the, the developed world and, and make something out of it and also live amazingly for for very cheap you know what i mean like sophia really slapped that in my face okay so i'm really curious of how a socially awkward you know for i can't do a better word but a nerd could have the balls to just say fuck it leave everything from new zealand become a serial entrepreneur start traveling the world going to these developing countries like did you just you found yourself in these areas or did the death really make you want to go really outside the comfort zone and just say fuck it i'm gonna go for it because i know how quick uh things could end like that yeah i, I think i was kind of in a uh unbearable situation i i had really low self-esteem uh and i think i was all skiing like um uh uh, struggling with depression as well after after Josh died, and then I then I had another friend who uh, what was was struggling with depression, and he, he later um, killed himself. So like, th- it was I was I was just like any anything seemed better than my current life, um, and also like when I when I sucked at school, when I sucked at like sports, I I needed entrepreneurship to work. Like I, I needed like uh, something about this to work and, and something about this dream that I'd, I'd seen in this the four hour workweek book. The idea of like I don't have to get all the same credentials as everyone else. I don't have to follow the same path because I know if I follow this path, I'm going to be struggling for adequacy. Yeah, I remember that. that. That was going through my head all the time. Struggling for adequacy. Just striving all the time just to be okay. Nothing exceptional. Just the same as everyone else. That, that, that would be a struggle for me. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just I just realized like there was there was something that really clicked about me uh, m- like microeconomics um, like un- understanding yeah supply demand uh, how to how to run a small business um, something about like you know uh, numbers when they're applied to practical the practical incomings and, and outgoings of the business really made sense to me um, so there was there was that kind of like natural aptitude and enjoyment of that but. Yeah, in terms like socially, how how I changed from that, like, I I was just really like sick and sick and tired of it, and I I, I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. And I also really wanted to travel because it was a chance to redefine myself. Yeah. I wouldn't be rebirth. held. Yep, rebirth exactly. It it was a chance to not be defined by. Uh, I was probably overthinking it that like other people saw me in a certain way when people probably didn't really care about me at all. But um, or or were more concerned with the, themselves. But being around the same environment, the same people, it was keeping me in the same mindset, and I knew I needed a change. So I just wanted to get out of New Zealand somehow. Um, Denmark seemed like the opposite side of the world, and it, I was I'd still ruled out you know many many parts of the world to go to, but Denmark seemed like similar culture to New Zealand, but also very different in terms of language and uh, and area geography, all of that. And I I just um. I, I set my I set my sights on it like I I really just I just wanted it more than anything else. Um, the whole point that I, I I then had created a business a web design company, and the whole reason I was doing that the whole aim just I had one one goal I wanted to go to Denmark, and so uh, yeah and when I was in Denmark um, it was very cha- easy to change my uh, my 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 personality to to become a more confident person. I didn't have anything holding me back. I was just surrounded by new people. Uh, a lot of fascinating points there. It seems like that always happens with people with uh, changing drastically is your back is against the wall. You see like, okay, if I don't do something here, 
I mean, they're going to be depressed, end up dead, the, the suicide thing, your friend, or nothing's going to ever change. So then you have the motivation to take that jump to action. Or you sit in your bed and you get more depressed and, and things spiral out of control like the New Zealand shooter. You know, he was on 4chan too. He's from your hometown, uh, Christchurch. He got so, um, what is it called when you go extreme? You get so uh, radicalized. radicalized and you just lose it. And that's the only way you take control back in your life. Instead of go uh, do a rebirth in Copenhagen and go to Brazil, you become a fucking shooter that blames all their problems on everyone else. Now, this is hyperbole. This is extreme example. Another point you made, too, is like reinventing yourself. A lot of people are like, oh, this is just who I am. You know, this is how it is and I can't change it and just accept me for who I am. But no, I think a lot of us are moist robots. And if you want to become someone else or not necessarily someone else, but be the best version of yourself, it's out there. You know what I mean? And you have to take uh, those steps to be like, oh, I got to dress differently. I can't be just a fucking slouch. I, I got to, you know, if I want to be this this uh, guy that gets girls or be this successful business person, I can reinvent myself. I can fucking do it. But a lot of people are held back by like, no, then I'm not going to be who I am. No, you can program your, your moist robot to whoever the fuck you want to be. But you said you had some points about kind of the direction you took with 4chan, the posit positives of it, and then also the negatives, what happened to the Christ church guy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, that's a lot. But I, I do like that moist uh, robots metaphor. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe that we're very plastic as well, uh, our minds. Um, Just like you said with um, the feedback loops when you're young, you know, and then you're, you're a nerd and then you don't hang out with the sports guys and like, but you can change these type of things, you know what I mean? And we're all like systems and very influenced by everything that's around us. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, with the, with the feedback loops with Reddit with 4chan, yeah, this is, uh, it's not something I go into all the, all the time with people, but my, my start with cryptocurrency and my start with uh, interest in business in general, it didn't come from, from the best place. It came from, yeah, like Reddit and 4chan, which are also places at the time and, and still today that are, that are known for having, um, you know, quite a lot of edgy, racist, sexist, homophobic uh, humor. Um, and also... You know, they just they just post shocking stuff just uh just because it's anonymous. You know, post like gore. They post you know really fucked up porn, and and so that was that was the environment in which I I discovered Bitcoin as well. Um, and I'm I'm glad that I got into it. And actually, the the thing that really um spiked me to get into Bitcoin was my friends wanting to learn how to use the dark web and, and buy drugs. It is it it isn't. I'm not exactly proud of that, but I. In many ways, I am glad that 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 space that that had that did exist. You know, those those spaces where people could talk freely did exist, even if they lead to a lot of messed up stuff, like the um, like the Christchurch shooter, which definitely affected me. That being from my hometown, um, yeah, they they also lead to uh, some cool stuff as well. But yeah, for me, I got into 4chan and Reddit. I think I was one of the lucky ones. I think that I was I was lucky that I came out of it relatively unscathed. That I, I got I got to take away an interest in, in Bitcoin, an interest in travel, and an unconventional way of looking at the world. But I didn't turn into a better person. I didn't turn into, uh, you know, I um, I didn't get radicalized into into some type of extreme identity politics. Um, I didn't turn radically antisocial. Um, yeah, because that, those type of places are are an, are an echo chamber. Yeah, I don't I don't really uh. 
yeah what, what are you what are you curious to talk about that yeah, those places are some of the smartest people ever and some of the most fucking crazy people ever, especially on 4chan. And it's on the individual to really watch out if you get sucked into the rabbit hole and go down dark paths. But I've learned so much different things from 4chan, Reddit. Um, there's a wealth of information you really can't find anywhere else, like uh, the amount of uh, different perceptions and perspectives that you can freely speak on, especially in 4chan, is mind-boggling. But like you said, you got to be a strong person because there are people on there that are trying to suck you into their misery. And uh, like they say, like uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And that is what those websites are. But it is fascinating. Um, the route, like you said, you took, like we were just talking about, you know, white men being very disenfranchised. And if you'd seen uh, the podcast called Rabbit Hole on New York Times, it's about a dude uh, you know, our age that goes down the rabbit hole becomes uh, basically a white uh, supremacist. And, you know, that's happening a lot to dudes in the Western world, in America, New Zealand. Um, we're seeing it more and more, uh, the radicalization of uh, these people. Because let's not, let's not uh, pussyfoot this. Like, there's an all-out attack on white men. You know what I mean? Like, th- th- there's, a, there's a lot to it where people are, um, you know, going at us for... Uh, you know, the causes of our ancestors or our privilege and whatnot. And it's easy to buy into the rhetoric and say, okay, fuck you. I'm going to go on the extreme end and fight against it. Know what I mean? Or taking both sides to a coin and realizing I need to take my life in my own hands. Things aren't just given to you and it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting you say it because I don't exactly, uh, I haven't exactly felt that like, I've, I've received a lot of discrimination, but then again, I haven't lived in like New Zealand for a, a long time. Or I think, yeah, like this kind of wokeism agenda is pretty strong in in Western countries, uh, certainly in America, from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, it's sorry. What was the question? What was the what was the point? How do you deal with these places like 4chan, which have a lot of offensive ideologies and offensive ideologies and jokes a lot of them are ironic jokes as well uh and how do you not get radicalized by that how do you swim in the waters? How, yeah how do you swim in the waters how do you take the good stuff and and not take the bad stuff i do see things like 4chan reddit especially the more like toxic parts as like a uh a counter melody and music right you you've got like uh a mainstream narrative that's being that's being pushed quite quite frequently and if you just follow that blindly you're going to you're going to really end up in a bad place because what what the crowd wants isn't always the best. In fact, uh, I, I I think uh, in general, being a little bit different or, or even being a being a bit aside from the crowd actually ends up to better better results in the long term. Um, but yeah, of course on on four chan yeah, there, there's I I don't know if the if the poll boards the politically incorrect boards I don't know if there's actually any really good stuff on there, but if if something's there it's 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 looking for the things that don't paint you to be a victim it's looking for the things that you you can you can go on there and you can see things uh you know shock news stories about um you know an islamic uh terrorist attack somewhere that the aim of that is to make you emotional to feel like a victim to feel like oh no my society's under attack you can you can see statistics about um you know, uh, crime, or, or you can, or you can see like someone's uh, bad experience with um, 
you know, a, a black person or Indian person, or you can see something like a, a about like an attack on um, on on someone white just because they're white. Like a lot of this, it's it's aimed to make you, or or it's or it's trying to, it's it's like a community of. Uh, it's it's not white supremacists, but it's a community of people who feel like they're victims because they're white, and this is, it's it's important to separate that out from the. It's it's important to not listen to the counter melody only. It's important to listen to that as a, as a somewhat balance for the other mainstream narratives that are being pushed. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Let me explain this better so I don't sound like a crazy person. Basically, in 2021, if you go on a Twitter or in the political poli- identity politics, the, the white man is the worst person in the world. You know what I mean? We're the cause for every problem. Um, we should give all our money away. And this is extreme. I'm talking extreme. So a lot of younger white males found themselves on these forums that they could relate with other white men saying like, oh my God, this political narrative is making me seem like the worst thing ever. What did I do? Like I was just born this color, right? So now these people are starting to be like, I'm a victim and I need a strong man or a group to, to counteract all this woke ideology. You know what I mean? And it's easy for someone who was 13 years old on a 4chan to get swept up in the madness. You know what I mean? And we just said... You learned about Bitcoin. You learned about a lot of stuff on the 4chan that helped shape your life, that made you think differently, that made you unique. These places are a way to really get out of the mainstream bubble and see things from a whole different perspective. I've learned so much shit on these websites that have changed my life. You know what I mean? For the good and the bad. But when you go down these certain rabbit holes, you need to be very careful that you're not just becoming what you thought you were fighting against and becoming in your own uh, rabbit hole, like a liberal rabbit hole or the woke rabbit hole. It's the same side to different coin type idea. So that was the, the idea behind this. Yeah. Maybe if we, if we have some examples, it would help. I think that if you listen to the mainstream narrative, or at least the one I had growing up in New Zealand about, uh, about women, for instance, as a guy, uh, in my sex ed classes, I was I was told constantly about like how to be very careful that you're not uh, you're not raping basically that you're that you're not sexually assaulting a, a girl that you know she is giving consent. And that's that's really good. It's really useful. Um, it but it comes with also the side effect that if you get told that all the time, you start worrying that you you are that way. You start worrying like, am I am I just a rapist in hiding? And it's and it, it really it, it doesn't it doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help your sexuality, your self esteem. Um, meanwhile, yeah, if you go onto these onto these forums, yeah, you see you see other completely you know backward toxic views about women uh, as, as well, or, or or you see this this idea that you know all, all women are sluts or something. But I, I really think like there, there's like a there's a middle ground to be had, which is actually recognizing women as as largely equal equal to, to men. Of course, yes, we 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 are we're different, like physically, right? We we are different, probably mentally as well in some ways. Although, of course, like there's more differences between men uh, than between men and women, right? There's more difference differences between women than there are between women and men. But yeah, I I feel like yeah, they, these places are, are dangerous. But as in terms of like. For, for free speech, uh, free speech is very important for for getting for making sure that we can we can have balanced views. Yeah, same thing with racism. It's important to have enough of the dose of uh, th- this kind of anti woke view, 
enough and you you should you should have enough of these of these kind of racism is never really good but i can't i can't i can't really cover that okay okay no. exposing <laughs> exposing yourself to different ideas okay we're talking about uh races uh as you know you've traveled cultures are vastly different you go from copenhagen to brazil it's a whole fucking different ball game know what i mean how things operate in in uh, denmark how things operate here um the crime in denmark the crime here is it, different know what i mean life is different so getting out of these bubbles okay we're playing a balancing game on these topics and it's hard to really do our thoughts you know laid out we're not writing essays here but going back to this brazilian um danish point of view some people like to say Oh my god, we're all equal and everything is fine and every culture blah blah blah. Well, I can't act or be the same way in Copenhagen as I can in Florianapolis, okay? Otherwise, if I did, I would maybe maybe not Florianapolis, but I would get robbed. Um uh, I could be in a bad situation. I remember a thing that shocked me in Copenhagen. I was seeing this girl. We we're in the middle of the city and she lived on the opposite side of the city. And we had a good date and she's like, "Okay, you know, like I'm going to head home." Blah, blah. I'm like, "Okay, do you want me to walk you home? Should we get like a taxi?" She's like, "No, like it's fine." I'm like, "What do you mean? We're in the middle of the city. You got to walk 20, 25 minutes to your apartment and it's like one o'clock in the morning. Like that's not She's like, "Nick, what are you talking about? This is totally normal. Nothing's going to happen to me." And where where I'm from, I'm like, "Okay, no, this is way different. Like you can't walk home late at night. You're going to get in trouble." So I think the whole point is of this whole messaging thing is finding information because we have a wealth of it now on the internet is very important. And it's the reason you probably are where you are now and you're I assume more happier than if you were to stick in New New Zealand and and continue the life you were doing. And we went to the point of the Christ shooter that he kind of got radicalized on 4chan and he ended up being oh I'm a victim and now I'm going to go shoot innocent uh, Muslim people right so now we're trying to wrap it all back and forth before we get into how the traveling has changed you to make you open up more okay yeah see yeah it's it's an issue, it's an issue close to my heart because uh, it happened in my home city and and yeah I the government in New Zealand when when that happens they didn't just ban the video of him uh, of him shooting them which I'd be fine with but they banned talking about and sharing and looking at his manifesto because they were they were worried about his words like somehow radicalizing people i guess to me that was such a mistake because when i read that manifesto i actually recognized parts of myself in him and i realized like wow if i had not been if i had not got some lucky breaks if i had not got some op- opportunities i probably would have gone down uh you know a, a path of becoming further and further antisocial and further and further influenced by these 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 rabbit hole the these echo chambers of the internet especially on 4chan and they that i i would have eventually started gaining similar views to him but instead i was very lucky that i got the opportunity to travel and that travel completely started changing my views about other cultures you don't you don't have the same opportunity to change your mind about other people unless you really meet them in real life and you realize that they're similar to you 
Yeah, here's a fantastic point. I was so afraid to go to Brazil. Everyone, oh my God, you're gonna get robbed. You're so stupid. You can't wear jewelry. Uh, I saw all the the muggings and the the people getting robbed on on YouTube and all that stuff. And then I come to Florianapolis, and here I felt totally safe. You know, obviously you have to be aware. You can't be freaking stupid. But my perception has totally changed. Right? That's a big thing with anything in life is don't have all these pre notions about what the fuck you think is going to happen you need to experience firsthand it's good to have the knowledge right it's good to be like okay i probably shouldn't be on the street at three o'clock in the morning if i see dudes with tattoos on their faces walk on the other side of the street that is the survival instinct that is smart okay you can't be living in, in la la land but the world is a lot different than it is on 4chan seeing uh brazilian people getting skinned alive or when i was in mexico the cartels doing all that shit you live a whole different experience in the real world and not in these echo chambers and this goes for both sides of the coin we're talking from the white male perspective because we both see it from that that's where we grew up that's where we live we were both on 4chan from a young age you know what i mean but this is the same shit for the the woke people who um live this ideology that's my opinion tearing apart the western world yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely yeah anti-woke as well it's uh uh growing you you so many people get their opinions from others they just they just look around for the safe opinion and they don't make their own they don't base their that's evolutionary though because when we were younger we couldn't just be like oh i'm gonna go uh go by the tiger to to see if the tiger's nice you had to learn from the person that got chewed alive know what i mean so this is built hardwire into us to look around and see what everyone else is doing know what i mean like that's one of the rules of persuasion is uh um you see the nightclub you see uh, the, the ropes outside and they make a line happen and you get in there like, what the fuck? There's 15 people here. You know what I mean? It's showing like, oh, this is a popular opinion. You know what I mean? So sometimes that's good, you know, so I don't get uh, burnt on the stove because I saw someone else get their hand burnt. But sometimes then you're just going down the path as everyone else and you don't uh, leave the path. You get out of the matrix and find out life for yourself, what really makes you happy and so forth. Keep expanding your point. I had to make that though. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, I kind of forgot where my point was, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I certainly believe that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of evolutionary reasons for that. Um, Influence is a great book. Have you ever read that? Robert He's the, God, the Godfather. The Godfather of Persuasion. Yeah, Godfather of Persuasion. Yeah, yeah. Social proof, authority, like, yeah, people, people are going to follow what, what's around them. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that travel was important for, for changing your mindset, forcibly changing it. Um, as soon as I, I started like traveling and especially traveling to places that challenged me my mind opened up massively like i and i started realizing that i can't i can't continue having these like preconceptions and 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 sticking to my my hard and fast way of viewing the world um yeah i I can't i can't keep getting offended by things i can't keep thinking that my way is the right way because i realized like the more i traveled that the culture i grew up in is just one like it's 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 just another lily on a pond it's off center like every other culture is off center there is there's there might i don't know if there's a center maybe you figure that out for yourself but every culture is off center in some way and that is so important to realize to 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 have a better life i think yeah, to internalize it. There's that quote. I forgot one of those smart dudes said, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know like shit. You know what I mean? And But I think it's a balance because you don't want to walk around like, oh my God, I don't know anything and I'm insecure and everyone else's way is the right way. So 
you got to be like the open-minded, but take what you're confident in and, and realize that too, that no one else knows what the fuck is going on. So that's why you can be confident. That's why you can move in a certain way, but also be open to changing your mind. And this all relates back to the 4chans, the reddits, the, the echo chambers. And, and basically the biggest message, message is getting out of that matrix, getting out of the predestination that you were going down as a nerdy New Zealand guy. My bad for keep hitting that point you're a cool ass dude i like it that's why we're talking but that is the key to finding happiness and to finding a purpose and being fulfilled is finding your own way and and seeing what actually makes you tick what makes you happy and not just saying oh daddy told me to do this the teacher told me to do that cnn said that i'm a stupid person that needs to give all my money uh to black people in america through reparations okay are these points making sense, listener? I hope they are. This is raw. This is real shit that these conversations are not really had much anymore. Yeah. Okay. Crypto. Let's get back to this practical thing. So you got into the world of crypto, and uh, this is obviously a hot topic. And they say, you know, when your taxi driver is talking about buying a crypto, you probably should sell. I mean, where do you think the world of crypto is at right now? I've told you. I love the idea. I love all this shit, but it's funny. It was built on being so decentralized and the government wouldn't have a hand in it and the top players couldn't uh, move the markets. But now we see um, the markets are totally moved by the whales. You know what I mean? It's, it's literally not the governments now or, or the Fed. It is uh, very rich, high people. Where do you, where do you stand on that uh, opinion of, of crypto? Yeah, I've gotten kind of jaded about crypto over the years. Um, Right now, like in terms of the market, I think that uh, we're, we're still in like a, a bull cycle. And I, I do see, I'm kind of hoping for, honestly, a, uh, another bear market to come because then I think the, the true, really good buying opportunities come. And I think it's, it's always good to have this period of like, you know, blood in the streets because then the, the really good crypto survive. A lot, of, a lot of people into crypto are going to hate me for that, but I don't care. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, crypto is heavily manipulated, uh, like many commodities. Um, you know, uh, gold, silver, uh, copper, all heavily manipulated as well. Um, yeah, it, it's just the natural way that that commodity money goes in, in a in a in a market. Um, you know, the the wealthy can afford to to buy more, to to hoard more, and uh, and then yeah, the whales are going to do things to, that will increase their wealth. Um, still, though, I think that crypto, like, it, it's kind of like it's it's uh it's worse but better you know it's it's like a bad it's a bad it's a bad solution uh bitcoin in particular like there's a lot of things you can criticize about it at the same time it's kind of still the the least the least bad of a lot of bad systems like stocks are heavily manipulated the the current fiat money that we have if you really look into if you look into fractional reserve banking you realize just how much of a house of cards the system is just how fragile and and messed up and rent seeking the the current system is so like yeah crypto's got plenty to criticize but um the i think there's 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 other places to to look as well and 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 there's there's ways that you can look at it objectively when you compare it properly to to other other investments and other m- other types of money and then you can start seeing its benefits okay got into 2013 you really got into in about 2017 um when did you become a part of i mean you're part of easy crypto now this is uh 
the Brazil or the New Zealand uh, main crypto exchange, right? And you guys are branching out. You're opening the Brazilian market. Talk about this. This is cool. This is what I'm interested in is uh, being behind the scenes. That's where the real fucking money is made. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't got to worry about where the price is going. You're basically just taking a cut off people buying. You're the, you're the market maker. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, well, I was a customer of Easy Crypto uh, pretty much since their launch. I was working at another cryptocurrency exchange at the time in, in 2017. I actually verified one of the founders' uh, like accounts. I, uh, I verified um, I verified their KYC. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd already learned at that crypto exchange that yeah, the the real the real money in the crypto space right now is is in exchanges. I think it it also is is that way. Like, you know. A lot of the time, if you're, you're going to make a lot more money doing something useful than just pure speculation. Um, yes, pure speculation has a lot of risk. Um, but yeah, I, it, it wasn't just seen this as a good investment. In fact, it, it hasn't been a good investment yet, uh, investing in Easy Crypto Brazil. So it's, it's a long way from, uh, from even breaking even. But I, I did it because Easy Crypto had been really useful to me while traveling. Uh, earning in cryptocurrency and being able to cash out and be able to pay my living expenses, things like that. And also because for me, crypto gave a shit ton of opportunities. Um, like, yeah, just working remote while I was traveling, getting able to work with so many companies without having to get some work permit in their country or, or, or you know, set up some, you know, like being able to work for so many companies and work directly and work with other people and manage payments to them. So I get a payment for something and then I split the payment with the guy who helped me design. Crypto really facilitated uh, work for me. It also facilitated educating myself because suddenly I could buy things online. I didn't need to go into a bank and get a credit card or anything like that, like in order to buy things online. Um, you know, I could just pay with crypto. Um, so yeah, for me, it's 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 not just about uh, making a good investment. Um, it's it's and it's also about like actually helping people have an easy way to buy crypto. Yeah, I I hope it goes because it is so annoying dealing with the mafia that is the government and like sending. I mean, this is a payment processor, but I remember paying someone in <clears throat> Bulgaria. And the freaking fees, the, the transfer, the currencies—it's like this is horseshit. You guys are you guys are taking all this money. Uh, obviously, I, I dislike taxes. I dis dislike all that. So, if crypto does what everyone has been saying it should, and, and they want it to do, it would be amazing because it just takes out the middleman. It takes out all this bureaucracy. It takes out these thieves that want our money. As you can tell, I'm very anti other people coming in there. So. Another hot topic that I love talking about that I think everyone should try to do is location independent income because then you can leverage uh, that first world money in different places and it, it's worth a lot more. And what I found interesting with you being a serial entrepreneur, you got location independent work from creating value yourself, trying to sell it, and then people are like, oh wait, I like you better than your product. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made I made the mistake with a lot of. Uh, I think I'm like on my seventh business attempt now, uh, and and they've had like varying success. But like the the one before uh, uh, Easy Crypto was uh, TX Batch, and that was like a a tool that I wanted to have when I was working at this other crypto exchange. Um, 
but like it wasn't on the market wasn't anywhere there and they even when i like asked the company to let me build it they weren't keen for me to build it they just wanted me to sit down and do my job kind of thing um so yeah i i left that to to go and create this this customer support tool this uh this way of looking up cryptocurrency transactions uh in bulk and yeah surprise surprise no one was really interested in in buying it some of them thought it was a cool idea but like in order to actually do its job well it would need to be a lot more functional and and just it's it just wasn't it just wasn't there or or maybe the time wasn't right i don't know exactly but what i did find is that when i started reaching out to different companies asking them if they want to try the product trying to get customer feedback and stuff various ones of them actually came back to me and they were like hey actually are, are you free to do contracting are you interested in working with us because we really like what you built we don't we don't have a use for it right now uh but we'd like to we'd love to talk to you about this open position that we have and that was kind of my uh my segue into into contracting it happened with web development too actually i started doing websites for people and my dream was like you know to kind of uh help out e-commerce sites and then make a cut on their on their profits you know kind of equity my finger in a bunch of pies and then that kind of just became people just wanted to hire me for being a web developer it was always kind of this battle against uh i want to create products i want to create business and people just want to hire me but um yeah contracting i think it is a nice it's probably never going to be fully satisfying for anyone who's like proper entrepreneurial and wants to create something that scales has limited leverage while while you're while you're selling your hours, you're, you're always going to have a limit on, on your earnings. But um, contracting does allow you a lot of independence and location independent income is definitely where it's at. Like uh, I, I've been earning uh, under like the New Zealand minimum wage in a lot of countries. I'm making just above it right now and I have a really good life and I've had a really good life in Georgia, in Bulgaria, in Latvia, in Lithuania, in, in Southern Italy, in Sicily not making all that much money um and that that's an awesome freedom as well because then it allows you to negotiate when you're when you when you're working with different jobs when you are spending so little you can you actually get when you start getting a lot of offers you can afford to take on work that is more vocation than just because oh i need this to pay my bills you can stack up a lot of savings that you can then like i i at one point i had enough money that i could uh theoretically just travel for the next like two years uh, just doing like the odd job to like top up my savings and do whatever I wanted, just work on whatever I wanted, and um, that that's 21, what. Twenty one, twenty two. Yeah, yeah, uh, twenty, yeah, twenty one. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's what led into Easy Crypto. But here's the idea. What I love about this is a lot of people are like, "Oh, I want location independent work," or "I want this." You created value. You created something, and then it came from that. Know what I mean? So you didn't just sit on your ass and do like, um, uh, "Hey, Indeed.com," and I want your, I want to work for you. No, you built something, and people realized that, and then they offered you opportunity outside of it. This is very similar to this podcast. Know what I mean? I don't make money from this podcast. We don't monetize it, but the relationships I built from it, the connections I've made from it. Not necessarily um, intrinsic, like money-wise. There has been some money-wise with a with, uh, business outside of the podcast, but through um, relationships, knowing these, this person, this person helps you with this, uh, introduce me to that. Like, If you build shit, you get uh, rewarded. The universe, the people recognize it and value permeates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You have like a – your network, your ecology, it's so, it's so cliche, it's so repeated, but yeah, they're, they're – the more the more sources of help you have, the uh, the the 
it's 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 basically like having more money but a lot of people also think very limited in terms of money they don't think of they only think of money as the currency in their bank account they don't think of oh it's the favors i can call in the people's houses i can stay at for free the you know the 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 specialized skills i have that i can i can you know deploy in in some moments um you know these are all like bartering trips that you have as well and and yeah i think uh going out there into the world and creating things um there's there's more there, there might be more risk of it but it's less risk than people think and the the career effects the long-term effects are sometimes really under, underestimated by the way i really like this definition of career it's your identity of help like to others it's what other people can define you as as like this person can help me with this i uh that once i once i started seeing career like that instead of just like some abstract concept but it's like this is my offer of help to others this is my identity of help this is what when people see me this is what they see me as helping them with it massively changed my thinking another point you made skill building so many skills i've learned from this podcasting whether it be speaking whether it be networking whether it be social media marketing all this shit has uh uh, helped me in the real world, not only with money, but everything else we talk about. And uh, I think that's fascinating what you said, viewing like money and value in different lens, like money, the abstract, what is money? You know what I mean? It's like value you bring to other people. It's uh, uh, things you can buy, but you can leverage different things. I need to figure out my, my idea behind this. But ever since I started earning, you know, dollars and spending in, uh, uh, different currencies. I'm like, holy shit! Like, money is different. Money is not what I grew up with. Uh, can you help me explain this idea? You're you're a smarter thinker than me, I think, with words. Yeah, I I don't know exactly how to explain it, but yeah, like uh, money, it, it's a lot more like uh, like self created than people think. Some people think it's like this. You know, it comes from like this this magic like outside source that it's 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 hard and exactly what it is. But no, like money, the value of money is always fluctuating. I think it helps to see money as as a good like other like any other and it's just kind of the result of having something that's like like value another equation I like is value is scarcity times utility you know it's like if you if you have something useful and it's difficult to get then like that 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 is what equals value uh, it, it's it happens with skills it happens with products um, yeah if you can provide something that is that's is very unique that is that is scarce uh, yeah, it, it often leads to, to more money. And yeah, there, there's a lot of different ways of, of money. This is, this is interesting. It's going to go into our next topic I want to talk about with you relating to women because, like I've said a million times, you, you struggled when you were younger, but now you've kind of come in to your own shell. For fuck's sake, you're married, which I think is you should be doing that. But, but, but this is a great example of like what is money. Um, through my social skills, maybe my style and whatnot, I was with uh, a very beautiful woman in Granada. And this woman, her father, owned a lot of different things in that city. So when I went out with her, I didn't do any lines in the club. I didn't have to pay for any drinks. Um, I basically ran that shit. And so, you know, a no normal person with the money would have to pay 1,000, 2,000 euros for that night. But through my other forms of money, I was able to experience that. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like having a mate that you can like house sit his house, having having a friend with a boat, like in many ways that's better than having your own house or your own boat. Uh, in, in so many ways. Um, yeah, I, did uh, if you wanted to segue into marriage, 
By the way, I do not recommend marriage unless like there is some clear legal benefit you're, you're getting from it. Um, yeah, like I, for me, the, the reason I got married was that I, I was with a chick that I liked, but the federal police of Brazil were going to send me back home unless we got like engaged. That's the only reason they were going to extend my visa with the, with the current uh, Tom Hanks disease, right? So, yeah, I, uh, that, that was the reason we got married. Also, I wanted to guarantee that, like, if I needed to prove our relationship for her to enter New Zealand, which has also been heavily, uh, what do you say, yeah, locked down with Tom, Tom Hanks' disease, is, um, yeah, you know, what, what else can you do to prove a relationship than marriage? And Brazil has a pretty favorable uh, legal framework for marriage as well, which is, like, very commonly people get married under this uh this type of prenup right a prenup in new zealand and america i i assume is kind of seen as a bit of a a weird like oh you don't trust me that much if, if you're getting a prenup before you get married a lot of people get married without them in brazil very common to get married and say i don't deserve any of your stuff you don't deserve any of my stuff and it makes perfect sense to me it's very sexist actually i think to assume that you should somehow you know your your partner should somehow deserve half your stuff i don't deserve half my wife's master's degree just because she studied it and we got married so um while i don't have like a ton of assets right now there there is no reason that if we broke up she would suddenly deserve half half of my assets here's what i wanted to get into though the the woman aspect with you and this goes back to the idea of uh uh changing or becoming who you want to be and not just being like oh no this is who i am this is the life that was destined to be you didn't get much ass growing up right but you told me uh, when you came to Brazil, like how the woman treated you and then also you started viewing yourself differently. Like, oh my God, I can have sex after I meet a girl in two hours or, oh wow, I actually am good looking. Maybe I'm not this person I had this self image of where I was never gonna get laid or I had to go on six dates and pay for all their food to just get a kiss. Uh, this is fascinating and it goes back to our points about um, why did that happen, do you think? Traveling to these different places and were you out of your comfort zone? Were you out of your skin? Because uh, you, in theoretically, you are the same person. Know what I mean? Basically, like there's not much change. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think it first changed in Denmark. Um, yeah, in, in New Zealand growing up, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really good at anything. I wasn't fit. I wasn't. I wasn't stylish, and yeah, I, uh, I I struggled with girls. In fact, I did have some girls playing with me, but my self concept was so low at the time that I often felt that they were just making fun of me. Um, but yeah, that started changing when I went to Denmark. I started, uh, you know, actually realizing, wow, I, I actually uh, can be attractive to to women. Um, but Brazil, yeah, certainly changed the ball game because what I really love about Brazil is that they they just they flirt all the time, men, women everyone and there's no shame associated with it in new zealand and i think in a lot of english-speaking countries this is shame if you get like knocked down it's like the the only people in the english-speaking world that that should be like uh uh seducing each other or having sex are somehow you know they're they're perfect you know they 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 have they have all their shit together they're extremely fit they're extremely you know sexy and and if you get rejected haha what a failure like what a loser kind of thing but in brazil people are playful people embrace well you know there's there's this kind of machismo there's more slut shaming in some ways but in other ways brazil has a really nice dating culture um there's there's not this this huge push that like men and women have to act the same which i think in relationships can kill a lot of in intimacy kill a lot of passion um there's there's not uh there's there's a lot more 
focus on 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 feeling and and excitement and there's there's no there's no shame about like uh being turned on by someone or 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 flirting with them and i i really like that but yeah it it started changing in denmark because in denmark people are very open uh, about their their sexuality as well and that yeah changed my world hell blew my mind in uh, scandinavia is uh when i was told uh you're going out with women and if you vibe like your personality then they need to see if you sexually vibe because they don't want to go three dates and like a person <laughs> and then you get to the bed and it's just not there so that was uh fascinating but i like your point like in uh english-speaking uh, uh countries i don't know if it's like the puritan part of it or it's like uh yeah that shame of like just being playful and, and light on your feet with people you know an old woman you know uh you know that, that kind of stuff is just you having fun but you're right. I think it also, though, and now you realize that maybe it is societal, the, the shame of being rejected and whatnot. But I think it's also in your fucking head. Know what I mean? And then you get over it like, oh, the world didn't crash around me. I, I, I'm not. This person just wasn't attracted to you. Like, it's as simple as that. It doesn't mean no one likes you. It, it just means that you two don't vibe. It is what it is. And, and, but maybe sometimes that reality check tells you okay, I can't be looking like a slouch. I got to fucking shave. I got to maybe work out a little more so it couldn't cause action. But a lot of these times, people take everything so personal. You know what I mean? And you, and you think you need to be liked by everyone and, and everything. You don't like every girl. You don't like, uh, you know, maybe this nationality or, or, or that tall of a girl. So don't take it offense to you that no one in this world is going to like you. There's like four, million, 4 billion women in this world that you can attract. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there was a really good book that helped me with this too, which was Models by Mark yeah. Manson. Yeah, you know, yeah, he that that was so great. Um, yeah, also learning about vulnerability, just opening up with girls and not not really caring about it. And in some ways, I, I really think this doesn't just apply to to dating; it applies to making friends, it applies to uh, applying for jobs, it applies to sales. Uh, there's so many areas of life where if you just stop caring about rejection, if you get yourself comfortable with rejection, if you see rejection as the blessing it is. You know, it's rejection is so much better than a faltering, quiet, you know, ignorance or, or, or something like that or, or trying to avoid the avoid the answer. It's so much better to just hear a straight up. No, I'm not interested in you. Uh, I'm not interested in. Um, yeah, it's, it's so much better to be rejected. Yeah. Always living, not knowing where you're standing. Know what I mean, so you go through these relationships with men and women throughout your life. And you're like, oh, does he really like me? Or I'm afraid to say this in front of him. It's like, no, just get it out. And if you vibe, you vibe. If you don't, move the fuck on, okay? It's, it's scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. People are so scared that if they lose this one friend, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm a nothing. I can't find any other friend circles. I saw this a lot in Italy because in Italy, it's very clicky from a young age. And once you get in your group, it's hard to... Uh, invite other people in like expats have a big problem with uh finding good social circles because it's so clicky so they have this scarcity mindset if i lose this friend that i actually really don't like only reason i hang out with them is because i have no one else to go to the bar with like they, they had this view that i need to put up with uh what i don't like about them or i can't speak my mind because then i'm lonely and then you know i'm afraid of that but th- there's the the difference scarcity and abundance when you start having 50 different women you have a lot of different women you don't care if you get rejected because you know other people like you and you know that you can get your sexual needs or your um uh your oxytocin and your uh affectionate from women from a different source yeah and uh also let me say i had a terrible time with uh with tinder in like uh new, new zealand and i think it was just because like well probably probably because it's a, it's a bit of a game and you have to learn how to optimize it but uh 
in in Brazil, in sorry, I forgot where I was going with this. Tinder, you're bad on Tinder. Yeah, it's bad on Tinder. But uh, what were you just saying before? Um, a scarcity mindset. Yeah, scarcity mindset. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think the issue with Tinder in New Zealand is that there there is a kind of small population, and when, once I start traveling, I realize there are beautiful girls everywhere. Beauty is kind of like the bare standard, you know, finding someone that you're physically attracted to. And actually, it's not just that I I have like a small number of options. Is that there are beautiful women all over the world, many of whom I'm compatible with, and. It's it's actually I, I actually kind of get the luxury of choosing someone who has like a really nice personality or, or something like that. Once I started realizing that there is not like any one girl out there, or and that I don't have to like settle, that I don't have to, you know, that there is nothing to, there there is no like real, you know, there are tons of people in the world, and yeah, of course, yeah, this is this this doesn't apply to just men; it applies to women too, but it applies to everyone of of all ages, but. It, there is no reason to uh, feel like the the world, the the only people you can date are in your community, in your country. If if you if you're feeling like your dating options are limited, just start traveling, just start moving to a bigger country, a bigger city. You see your world open up. Yeah, and it's not. This is a big picture thinking. It's not just like uh, the woman thing. This is about jobs, uh, places to visit, places to live, relationships, men and women, money, everything. And that's when the abundance mindset uh, really kicks in. And then the funny part is, the funny part is, after you've experienced it, you walk different, you move different, you speak different. And I guarantee you, if you went back to New Zealand, you, your, your uh, game would be a lot better and your options would rise. All of a sudden, you're like, who is this person? This is a, this is a different um, James. Like, oh, he's got confidence now. Now you're starting to attract people and it just elevates you to a different level. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I noticed the last time as well. It's, it's funny how, like, when you stop... When I when I stopped like uh, giving a fuck about like uh, dating or, or or getting a girlfriend or, or anything like that, um, then I actually started having yeah women get interested in me. Um, the 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 less I the less I cared, uh, and this isn't about like you know becoming some like you know self absorbed dickhead who who just you know um, it, like treats people like shit just 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 for the hell of it, but like. It, as soon as I actually started caring less about having a relationship and being with a woman, I, I started actually having a, a lot of women be interested in me. And I, I found that like a really interesting insight. Yeah, that's a lot to do with the law of attraction, not uh, like focusing, oh, I need this, I need this. Because if you need it, you don't have it. You know what yeah. I mean? If you get rid of that need, it usually comes to you. Money too, man. Money too, yes, yes, yes. Being grateful. Gra- gratitude is the key to uh, abundance, they say. But this is what I find fascinating with you. And um, so I looked at your Insta stuff. Uh, we had that good conversation the first time we met. Now we're talking now is uh, the transformation story. Because, look, I grew up, and I don't want to be the ego dick person, but I was the jock. I was the American QB, this and that. And now look at us. Now we're in Florianapolis. We're vibing together. Do you think when you were 13 years old jerking off on, on B on 4chan that me and you would be chilling in Florianapolis? And, and like, I think you're a cool-ass dude. I like your vibe. I like this. Did you ever think that? You thought before you were a nerd, right? And a, a dork and no one would fuck with you. Nah, yeah, not yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, and actually, maybe we should segue into it. I, I, uh, I really think that um, uh, porn addiction is a big problem. It's certainly been in, in my life. Um, but... Uh, yeah, like I, 
when I was when I was a kid, when I was yeah, 13, 14, I had very low self-esteem. I had a very low, uh, a very dim view of my future, and I thought that yeah, there's no way that I can I can achieve like a, a, a happy life. Uh, there's there's no way that like. You know, I, I just kind of saw myself as I'm going to be struggling to be mediocre for the rest of my life. I'm going to be struggling just to have an okay life. I never saw myself traveling. I never saw myself, you know, uh, making friends with really cool people that I uh, that I vibe with. Not not at all. Yeah, that's the power of leaving your comfort zone and not being like, oh, this is just what it is. This is who I am. You know, I'm a, a, a black dude from America, so I'm not privileged. And you know, I'll be a, either a gangbanger or a basketball player. No. These are excuses. This is victim mindset. This is how you scare, or fly down the, the rabbit hole of uh, the Christchurch shooter or um, a gangbanger going to jail in Chicago. You know what I mean? But if you just say, fuck it, I can change. If I get out of my comfort zone, it's not, good. It's not easy. I bet you went through a lot of crap, you know what I mean, to get to, to where you're at now. But it's there. It's possible. But a lot of people just sit and say, this is the way it is. This is how life it is. But I always come back to this point. The traveling is the quickest, easiest, cleanest cut way to experience this like, oh, wow, there is a world outside of what I thought. I'm not stuck to one uh, area of life and, and vision. And can I just add to that as well? If you're listening to this podcast and you think that you can't travel right now because of the worldwide restrictions, let me tell you, there are plenty of people traveling. I have multiple friends who are currently in the process of moving, uh, of moving out of New Zealand and, and going to Europe and coming to Brazil. I have recently a friend who has just moved his entire family here. Yes, it is more difficult to travel than it used to be. But at the same time, it's still cheaper than you think. And it is still more accessible and easy than you think as well. You said uh, the porn addiction, and I think a lot of what, who we're talking to um, is those like disenfranchised uh, white men who think uh, their life in the, the first world is going to shit and there's no options outside of there. This is a, a huge thing that could change your life that um, uh, I've talked about, uh, and I'm currently on day 1,450-some. I'm not jerking off. And uh, James has talked about uh, porn addiction, and I think porn is for sure the devil. I'm extreme with the not even, you know, whatever to myself. But my life is totally, completely, a thousand percent changed from not doing it. Um, what are the benefits that have happened uh, for you relating to this? Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think it's actually just more like the, the, the lack of, uh, of having this, this kind of drug in my life. Um, I've, I've actually tried quitting porn a, a number of times. And only recently have I just been able to just seemingly kick it without problems. I don't really know why. And it, it, may, it may just be because I'm in a, in a long-term relationship now, right? But um, yeah, porn for me, especially when I was 13, 14, 15, I discovered porn when I was nine online. And it... It fucked up my life in so many ways. It definitely messed with my self-esteem. Uh, it, it made me uh, more secretive. It made, I was very ashamed of it. And I also, um, watching, watching porn made me really afraid about sex as well because I started, I, I guess I was comparing myself to these guys and I was also ashamed of like how extreme the porn I was watching was. So it, it, it's a drug, man. Like it, it is, people don't see it as a drug that it is, but porn it creates its own craving it creates its own insecurity its frustration that you resolve by having a, a porn session um i can i can highly recommend the book uh easy easy way uh i think uh to, to quit porn is like a online free book that you can get um like that that's what just helped me recently recently quit it but um yeah 
point, point for me, no, no fat to a lesser extent. I, I, I'm still kind of thinking like masturbation's a bit natural, but um, definitely porn. It's, yeah, it fucks up. It fucks with you so much. Yeah, this is where I get a little con- conspiratorial, and this is where I'm like, shit. The, the Catholic Church was uh, correct about uh, don't touch yourself. Is uh, these little kids? Like you said, nine years old are flooded with extreme amount of dopamine. They're seeing things on this, these pixels that are, you know, mind blowing that no one else in history had ever seen unless they did it. Unless you're like a sultan in uh, um, um, uh, Turkey, you know, or the Ottoman Empire where you had 500, you know, sex slaves type deal. But you're exposed to this. And dude, I think in 20 years, uh, maybe 30 there's going to be studies that saying porn was just as bad as smoking cigarettes. You know, remember back in the day, they're like, oh, yeah, smoke is good for you. And the, the, the doctors were prescribing it. And you hear it now. People are like, oh, it's fine to jerk off. No, it's good. And everyone, yeah, they're laughing. It's, yeah, you're, you're, you're hearing all this like, and I think it's pushed in a nefarious way from, you know, a lot of the porn is owned by MindGeek. This one huge company that owns like a ton of the websites. There's some sinister things going on, and the fact that it's even promoted and that it's like normal and okay, the porn. You know, I, I we have different um, things on jerking off, which I agree there are positive things to, you know, releasing it and all that kind of crap. But porn is the devil. You look at Terry Crews; he came out um, last couple of years about the destruction it's had in his life. But literally, what have been your benefits? You you stand up taller. You can communicate. You can look people in the fucking eye. Um, you're not overloaded with dopamine. Maybe you work out more. Yeah. Although I did have my time with no fap as well, and that's what got me into like cold showers and yeah. and a lot of yeah like working out and things like that. I I just think that um yeah if you go too long without actually having an orgasm, ejaculating as a man, then uh that can that can have some consequences. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know if you're having sex, I I, I totally get it. I think it's fine. I think it's good. Um, it's a good challenge as well. <laughs> Talking really fast. Um. Yeah. So porn. Yeah. For me, it's it it, it has always made me feel ashamed. And I have always like when I've always tried to just kind of minimize it to myself and, and pretend that it's, it's not a problem, but it really has been. And it's it's just caused me to be when, I, when I've been using it a lot, it's caused me to be less productive. I spend time watching it. Uh, it's caused me to be um, uh, have have worse sex. I, I don't get hard as easily. I need to I need to um think of more like extreme extreme things to to like get and stay hard um it's view women as objects too. yeah yeah viewing women as objects yeah i i really don't think like you can't i don't think that anyone can really ever call themselves like a uh like believing in gender equality or, or or feminist in the original sense the term has been hijacked a bit nowadays but you know feminist in the sense that you believe women and men should be treated equally and also support porn because also you need to you need to realize like they're 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 completely faking it this is no not really any difference than any kind of paying someone for sex and like you you can have your own thoughts on that my my thoughts on it is that when there's money involved that's a type of coercion and that's that's like it's taking consent away from the person that's having sex um so yeah like there's just a whole lot of like you you can make up your own morals on it. Maybe you're completely cool with people actually producing porn and, and all of that. Uh, maybe you're okay with, um, yeah, like even watching porn of, of people who have drug addictions or who are being abused because you don't think that the actual reproduction of, of that on video is actually hurting them anymore. Um, but I, yeah, I reckon there's a lot of moral and ethical 
quandaries to get into with it as well. Then you'll feel bad because of it. Yeah, everybody's had that thing where um, you just finished and you look, you're looking at the video and you're like, "What am I doing?" This is this is someone's uh, daughter and all that. Like, I don't get into like, "Oh, you should, you know, ban the the porn people," because I think it's free will and people, yeah, people need to get their their own stuff figured out. And what I meant by treating women like objects is. Uh, like uh you get more confidence in bed and then like you like to feel them and um it's just so much more sexual and it's not like you're just rushing through it doggy style because you saw some guy on on porn and it's more of an experience and you both benefit from it um yeah it's totally changed my life i can't recommend it enough it's been tough i've gotten some tricky situations when i've been very very you know built up but i'll tell you what i uh the longest i ever went without uh, an orgasm i think it was like 66 days because i was going through a phase i just couldn't get laid and um i, I don't even think i had a wet dream during this time because normally if you go like a week or two you get the wet dream so like your body does it for you know what i mean but i remember feeling after like day 30 like a king like like you know they talk about how it's like our our life blood and our um our semen is our what makes us a man and i shit you not dude like I felt on top of the world and I need to get back to that where you go like a week because um, your testosterone peaks after day seven. It, it peaks and um, or two weeks. Now, maybe this is pseudo science, bro science, but I felt it and I felt amazing because um, when you release, man, you flood your system with dopamine. That's why a lot of people pass out after sex. You know, you're just tired. And when you can use that dopamine in other places of your life and we talk about dopamine detoxing. I think it's very interesting. I think you, like when you get sober, um, you feel like a kid again and like uh, small things, you bring joy. And I think it's really similar to, uh, you know, sexual release. And me and you talked about how um, you can do the whole sex thing and not uh, come and you can still have massive orgasms in your head. And I think it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, non-ejaculatory orgasms. Yeah, tantra, all that kind of stuff is really interesting. Eh? Um, yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I just got to agree with all of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, quitting, quitting porn is, is one of the best things that I ever did or, or attempting to quit porn as well because I had, had times that I'd, I'd quit it as well. Um, massively helps me get a better concept of, of women, a better concept of dating and a better concept like appreciation of my own sexuality and attractiveness. Um, yeah. Amazing. A lot of uh, vulnerable, raw, real conversation. We just had uh, Mr. Skull this is all about connecting the doers. That's how, obviously how we met. Uh, you contacted uh, us on the Instagram after listening to our podcast. And uh, this is what I want. I want the podcast to be a vehicle to bring wor- real world value to people. So what can you offer uh, someone listening now? Would uh, uh, help if they came to you for some crypto advice or they wanted to learn how to program? Is there some sort of things you can give back to the people that are listening? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, I can always give people headers on how to get into crypto or, uh, or programming. That's for sure. Um, I am pretty good at finding like unconventional ways of, of getting in touch with people and, and getting jobs uh, as well. I've helped a, a number of friends get jobs with international tech companies. Um, and yeah, as well, like something I'm particularly interested in uh, right now is, is the nature of doing a business in Brazil. And this is something that I'm still at the early stages of right i've only been working on this for for less than two years now and um yeah brazil's a complex country to set up a business in but i think a lot of gringos a lot of foreigners are underestimating the massive opportunities 
yeah, the, the massive opportunities that exist here in Brazil. What's that quote though? There's a there's a quote about Brazil like always. It's a future. It's always supposed to be the ne the next best market, but it's always in the the future because all like corrupt and whatnot it is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazil's got corruption, but I think uh, a lot of people are uh, are also missing that there's a giant market size and also uh, a rising middle class yeah things aren't as bad as you see on tv about brazil brazil gets a big rap you know for oh no you know the the, the president is doing bad things and he's whatever he's like a trump character or you know um you can hear about the poverty or the danger but what you don't actually realize when you're from a first like world country is like brazil's actually got like pockets of where where, where things actually really work um and it's also got a shit ton of really smart, hardworking, you know, optimistic uh, people. Um, it's it's got and it's got a lot of people who want new solutions, want new things. Brazil has a ton of market opportunity, so I, I just I just think a lot of people pass it over, and I would like to kind of uh, help, yeah, bring more people to Brazil, bring more people, uh, get more people interested in creating businesses here. Yeah, I think you got a lot to offer uh, guests. Remember, and uh, if you listen to the Minority Nomad podcast, he was talking about people reaching out to him for advice. You got to give value or show that you are doing something um, yourself before other people want to help you. You know what I mean? If you just say, like the Minority Nomad said, uh, someone asked him, hey, I want to move to Europe. Where should I go? It's like, okay, dude, you've done no research. Like his example was, okay, hey, I really like Italy and Spain, but I'm um, worried about the, the rent prices here, and I want this type of weather. You know, uh, Eric, I know you've been in both countries. Where do you think the best area would be for me to locate? That's the kind of shit you need to ask people, and they're more than willing to help and more than willing to um, give you their life experience advice. And I know this dude for sure, shit, when we first started talking, he sent me, like, TED Talks on Brazilian culture and where I can get lessons. And I'm like, bro, wait till we talk in person. But So he's definitely more than willing uh, to help but you got to give value to people to, to get in return. Actually, I should say this as well. Um, I don't have like a ton of time uh, these days to explain people how to get into crypto. One thing I've always done and I, and I still do today is I'm always willing to give someone, you know, five bucks worth of crypto of my own crypto. Just because once you actually experience having your own crypto, you can, you, you, you're a lot more incentivized and a lot more able to learn about it. And I think learning by practice, learning by moving around crypto and buying things online, things like that, it really teaches you a lot so yeah hit me up uh, i have a website score.nz um that you can get in contact with me there um uh, yeah ask me about crypto i'll be happy to send you some well shit look at that if you listen to about an hour or so of bold perceptions you just got five dollars so i hope you use that code bold message him code bold and get five dollars that's amazing a wonderful i appreciate you coming on uh it's, it's great to meet you i'm glad you reached out to me i think we can develop a good relationship while i'm here in, uh, in brazil and continue it onward let's get into some fun how about that yeah absolutely